Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this latest episode of Tree Talk. It's episode 222. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt O'Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. Another busy episode to get through. We have a big interview with the Limerick Lady Senior Football Manager, Graham Shine, coming up straight away. We obviously have a lot of football uh, between both calls to discuss. We have hurling, we have colleges, and, and a lot more to get through. So stay tuned for all that and more. Impression the game, we get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Out there from the war court today. The more about the mid all the run, that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. As I said from the start there, Matt, we do have a special guest again this morning. It's the Limerick Lady Senior Football Manager, Graham Shine. Graham, how are you keeping? Hi, lads. How are you keeping? Good morning, Good Graham. Good. How are you? Morning, Matt. How are you? It's, it's good to have you on ahead of your big trip this weekend. Uh, I suppose looking to secure a league semi-final berth. But you're you're in Derry um, against Derry. You know what you have to do. You came close against Leach and Rosfair. But I suppose what's the mood like in the camp ahead of, uh, I suppose, a unique trip up to Derry? Oh yeah, look, um the mood is good. Look, um we've had a great start, you know, the the two wins and on the road and then the draw against Leitrim. Look, um you know yourselves we were half time, we were down by ten points and um to come back and to draw it and kind of be winning it towards the end. Look, um the girls, look, we came out of there a bit disappointed we didn't win it. We're also grateful that we got the draw that gives us the opportunity you now to go to Derry and get the points on the road and into another National League semi-final, please, God. Yeah, what's the mood like after a game like that, that you were down by so much, that but you actually got ahead late on? There was probably a small bit of disappointment there at the same time, which is good for a team that are down by 10 points to be disappointed with the result in the end. I know, look, I, inside, I was delighted. You know, I was jumping around inside, to be honest, because as I, when you're 10 points down against an intermediate team and um, you're kind of, we kind of struggle with them, with their physicality and stuff at the start. Um, they're letting the ball, the long ball, and there was a strong wind, and uh, we just kind of struggled. And at a half time, look, we just kind of said to the girls, look, just show a bit of character now, what we have, and what we're building in the group, and just play our football and play what we do with training, and just stick to that, um, and just keep working hard, and hopefully we'll get a bit of luck and get a few scores and get it back. And gee, when when we brought it back to four points, and they got, they went up and got that goal, I kind of sunk a bit. Then I said, Jim Mac, like we just had him and. We let him back into the game, but we introduced Irishton and a few of the girls and look from one to fifteen really up to the gear and we got uh, got the few scores at the vital time and as I say going into injury time we were two points up, which was unbelievable. Um they got a few couple of frees then maybe soft freeze in my eyes, but they got a couple of frees and equalised it. But after all, uh, after the game, look the morale was great in the camp. Uh, no loss again, so um, as I said, everyone's looking forward now to Sunday. Um, have to get the points in the road Sunday, or it's probably all in vain. But 
look, we're really focused for Sunday and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll pick up the points. You mentioned morale there. There just does seem to be, you know, a good vibe, I suppose, in, in the camp. Is there anything you can put that down to? Or? Um, I just think from day one, when they, when we got in the group, um, we brought in probably 14 or 15 different players from last year. Um, a lot of the players are really young, um, excited to be playing for Limerick. And it just gives that dynamic that everyone has to fight for places now. Um which is really is really important in a group that there, we've kind of covered now for every position in the field, which is great. So um, it just brought a different spirit and it kind of lifted it and girls are really buying into what we're at and it's kind of working out so far. So um, again, look, a winning mentality, it gives it does give morale in the camp, you know, and once you keep, keep being successful, you'll keep at that, you know, it's the day that you lose a few in a row that then you have to, we have to change things and look at things. It must be brilliant for you to be able to bring in a share of players and they, they fit in so seamlessly because it can go the other way just as easy, you know, that you could bring in players and they mightn't settle and there could be, you know, a, a bad vibe around around the training ground. So you must be happy in that regard. Oh, very happy, Jack, because as you say, look, last year, the first year when I came on board and um, with the management, so we didn't have a chance to look at the players, you know, uh, playing with our clubs and kind of last year we went to all the games, we didn't miss a game. And we were looking at players that would fit into our system and um, that we, kind of, we knew that would actually, that we straight away within a couple of sessions that they'd get into that system that we play. So that was kind of the way it was picked. And um, the girls that came in, they just fitted in straight away. Um, everyone got on really well. Yeah, it's just, a, it's look, I know everybody says, but it is a happy camp at the moment. And uh, we're training now last night, morale is good. Very good session last night. These girls just want to keep improving. Oh, every session we want to improve. So um, it's kind of player-led as well. They can take onus of that on the pitch when they're training and we just provide the, the goods to them and they do the rest. Yeah, I suppose you can see it in your performances and you kind of mentioned it briefly, but you have played two intermediate teams and obviously beat Wicklow and Drew at Leitrim. You could have beat them. That I know the league is, is the goal now, but it must give you confidence that when it comes to championship that you've played, teams in a higher grade and beat them or else drew with them and could have beat them, you know? Yeah, it's great. Look, and I, I still think we're we're only at the tip of it, really, because I, there's so much talent in the group. Um, we're still probably not as, as efficient in front of goals uh, as we like. We're At the moment, we're really good defensively, but in, in front of goals, we need to work a little bit harder and get the efficiency rate up higher. So um, I think, look, the better this group will get throughout the year, as I say, it's really player-led at the moment. They're driving it on. Um, we could see that there the last day when you're 10 points down. That wasn't anything I said at halftime. That was them. They took that on themselves. And that's the way it has been now since last November, December. It's player-led and they're driving it on. And please God, you get over the line and get into semi-final and uh, just one game at a time. And we probably were in the same situation last year. We lost no game last year. Got to semi-final, won it, got to final, lost and... To be honest, you've got nothing for it, you know, and like this year, we have to be really focused in on every game and um, we have to get over the line this year, please God, and get, get them up to Division 3. Okay. And I suppose, you know, if you go to Owen Beg this weekend, this Sunday, and, and you don't get the win, you know, it won't be for nothing, but it kind of will be that you could miss out in a semi-final. So I suppose it is important to keep it game to game, even though you are, you know, flying at the moment. Yeah, you have to, Jack, because like, um, it, like, in, 
down at this level, like um, in Division Four, I I don't see much between the teams. You know, maybe Kilkenny they're new into it, and it'll take them a, a couple of years. But every other team seems to be um, uh, nipping top with it. So like, if you go up to Derry, um, we don't know what they'll produce up there or what they haven't. We just really focus in, as I said, last two weeks preparation did really good. We really focused in ourselves. We looked at Derry maybe defensively a small bit and they're attacking stuff, but we really focused in ourselves and uh, not. The girls, I don't think the girls will um, slip up um, the weekend if we were to be beat. It'll be Derry that will be beaten us, not ourselves. Lovely. Matt, I'll throw it over to you. Graham, um, you, you, you just touched on it there. Um, just looking at the composition of your team, I I, I think over the, 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 the three games to date, um, that looking at particularly at your defence, I think over you've only named one change. Of over the three games, that's despite the fact that Alva Quaid isn't available. Is she available or is she coming back? But that would seem to suggest that you're happy with your defence. But you made as many as five changes in the attack from one game to to the next. I think from the Kilkenny to the Wicklow game, which would suggest that there is the jury is still out as to get the right format up front. Yeah, correct. And um, look, with uh, defensively. Look, last year, Matt, after the All-Ireland semi-final, we did in seven goals, you know, and uh, that, or the All-Ireland semi-final, yeah, that was a big thing last year um, with us, what happened that day, and we sat down a lot and we analysed it and analysed and analysed it, and we just had to come up with something that, that didn't that didn't happen again. Um, so, look, we, we set out our stall to set up that defensive structure that we use, um, got picked the best six that fitted into it straight away, but... If you really analyse us, you know, we have been probably sprinkling another four or five or six players into that during each game. So we have different players coming into different positions in the defence throughout the game. Maybe not starting, but there's a lot of girls getting a lot of experience in that system in the last three games. And we'll get it again on Sunday. Um, for your other question, the forward line. Uh, look, you're always trying to improve in the forwards, you know, and... Look forwards uh, relish in scoring, and you know, maybe sometimes they might get in this game. We try someone else in the next game, and that's what the league is for. We promised every girl at the start that the league is for getting game time into them. Um, for a championship, if they're sprung, then they know what they're doing. And the big thing is for girls to get experience in the system. There's girls there to have a more Limerick jersey at adult level before, get that jersey on them, and just see how they take to it and how they feel wearing it. And, um, that's what we're trying to do in the league and I think we've used probably every player now, I think the 30, 31 or two players have got game time. Yeah, Jack, Adam, Graham, I suppose the, 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 the league in itself is a means to an end, i.e. the championship, but how near um, your championship team or how near your best team are you at present? At the moment, you don't know, it goes from, look, um, every, you get surprised every week, you know, Um there's girls there at the moment now that are biting at the bit to start. And um, look, as I say to you, it's such a competitive group this year. We probably have we have 36 in the panel and uh, we have four or five out injured at the moment. They're ready to come back and we probably cover for every place. So picking the team is very hard at the moment. Um, come championship, it could completely change. Uh, we have a semi-final, please God, if we get over the line coming up. And it's just week by week, and we go on players are training. If put up your hand to train and play well, you'll start the week after, you know. And that's kind of what we're looking at at the moment. And um, as I say, I'm not even thinking down the road of that. Now it's game by game and see can we get out to the level four, division four. 
Graham, speaking to you a number of times, uh, going around to matches last year and speaking to you um, and since the start of this campaign, you have seen you have seemed to set um, Division Three football um, as a holy grail. Is it is it is it even more important now that you have um, almost half of your panel new and young players? Yeah, I, look, one of the things I, I kind of don't like about it, Matt, is that um, I suppose this split in two um, split where the only division in the in the in the league that are split in two. Um, Division four is the only teams playing this weekend. Um, like I'd rather if we were like in above level division three and playing your seven or eight games and go straight to a final and concentrate in on the championship after that. Um, so I just think like I, I think for Limerick we need to get up to a higher level, play the teams up higher. We're well capable. Look, we've with the teams we're we're playing this year in championship and stuff for be division three last year, awfully. And so look, I think we're well able. And I think we need to progress. I think we need to get up uh, a level, uh, Division Three, higher standard of football probably, and get more games. We more structure to the games. You know, there's too much gaps in Division Four. There's gaps of two weeks, gaps of three weeks. Um, we need more structure to that and get more, um, get that seven or eight games in, in within a space, maybe nine weeks, ten weeks, uh, like all the other divisions are doing, and straight to final. I think that would. I think that's better for Limerick going forward and. Like you go up to Division Three, you can stay up, and as you're building, you can go up. You hopefully go up another division. I do really think, yeah, I I think it would suit Limerick uh, great to be up in Division Three with the structure that they have compared to the structure we have at Division Four. Uh, Jack touched on it there, but do, do, do the games against Wicklow and and um, um, Leitrim now Wicklow were beaten in the All Ireland Intermediate Quarter Final last year. Yeah. And Leitrim were in in um, they didn't make the they didn't make the knockout stages of the All Ireland series, but the, the type of performance against those two counties has it even strengthened your resolve and convinced you more that Division Three is the place to be? Yeah, I think so, Matt. Look, and sure, that's why we're in it. You know, we're in it to get promoted. You know, and like we don't want to be staying in Division Four. And you're just playing every year in for nothing. Like we start out in year with two goals. You know. One, the first goal is get out of Division Three, get up to the or get out of Division Four, up to Division Three. And as I said, you look, we're well capable. Um, and some days like last year against Offaly, there, you know, we probably played fifty minutes of good football. We were leading for most of it, and for fifteen minutes, we let in three goals. Um, and that's why uh, that that fifteen minutes really cost us last year. So look, there's a big focusing on the girls, a big focusing on the management. Try win every game, uh, get ourselves into that position of a semi final, and look after that. Then you you kind of take a game by game. It's a 50 50, and please God, you'll get over the line. But as I say, Derry is the next thing. You have to beat them, or you you won't probably have a chance of playing um, playing in a semi final. So look, try look. I, my answer would be that definitely. I think we need to get up to divisions. You know, uh, we have the quality, we have the talent. Um, we have everything in place. Um, the structure is in place, county board, everything now is in place. Um, everyone's been looked after. And I just think for us as a, as a group, if we're going forward together, I would love to play at a, at a higher level. I'll cut across yeah, the term, if Grant, you don't mind. Or, I just have one question. Just one there. last question, Jack. One last question. Um, Graham, um, uh, turning to Derry, 
Um, wh what is the state of play regarding injuries? I know Carol Bateman is going to be out for a while. Yeah, so um, at the moment we have Gráinne McKenna, who is a, an injury. Um, probably back in maybe next six weeks, maybe we're just going to work with physio and stuff like that and a medical team in Dublin. Just so maybe next six weeks. And Charlotte Walsh broke her wrist in a challenge game. She's probably back in the next... She's back running and stuff now. And, you know, it's just a bit of rehabilitation on the wrist. So please, God, she's back in two weeks' time, maybe. Uh, Roisin Breedy is back, but not ready for contact. Um, Alva Quaid was back, picked up a soft tissue injury in her foot last Sunday. So she's out for Derry. Um, that's kind of it at the moment, I'd say, with the injuries. Um, they're all there. They're all, they're all training. Um, they're either doing gym or they're doing pitch at the moment, being monitored. And um, there's really, Grandi McKenna would only be really the long-term injury. And that would probably push out to six or eight weeks. Thanks, Graham. No problem. Uh, Graham, sorry to cut across there, Matt, a minute ago. Ladies football in general seems to be in a brilliant place, Graham. You know, it's it's marketed really well. There seems to be a great buzz around it. It must be, you know, enjoyable to be involved at this time. Uh, it's great, Jack. Like I got first involved in 2015, you know, and it's light years away from that. Um, even at the moment, the exposure and the Limerick ladies are getting at the moment. Um, we have a new PRO there, Linda. She is constantly has us um, publicised in social media, the likes of yourselves, uh, the radio stations. And it's all publicity um, for the girls and it's bringing it to a higher level. The TG Car has brought it to another level, a little sponsorship. So, like, the whole thing is on and up, you know, and probably the likes of the Mead ladies has brought it to another level. Um, a team that can come from junior to intermediate to senior, um, division three to two to one and win it. Um, everything, yeah, it's very positive at the moment. I think a lot of girls really want to play for their county. Um, as I said, the big thing is they're being looked after, um, that they're treated right and they get what they deserve to get. They train really hard, probably do four team sessions a week and uh, one or two individual practices a week. So they, they train really hard, plus they hold down jobs, they study. Um, some of them are families, so yeah, they, they look, they get what they, they're getting out what they're putting into, and it can get a bit better. Probably, look, pitches and still can still be a bit hard to get, but we're looking at the moment we we we've secured pitches. So, um, overall, Jack, yeah, it's very positive, and I think it's going to get bigger. It's a, it's one of the fastest growing sports in the world, so it's going to get bigger. Um, um, thanks be to God. Yeah, it's great to see. Before we go, obviously, as as a Kerry native. It's probably a hard question, but what is the relationship to, to football in Kerry between ladies and men? I can see the, the pitch behind you there in the screen. Is it as soon as you're born in the kingdom, you're a footballer trying to your hand and away you go? It is, it is. And it's, uh, it's I like, I suppose in, when I went to Limerick first, you know, you would have the, the hurling is probably number one. And then you have the camogie and the football where like football, up until recently is is really number one in, in Kerry. Um my house would be just football mad, you know, if uh if we're not with Limerick, we're down watching Kerry or we're at club games and um you, you go down to town, you're talking about football. Um you go to the pub, you talk about football. It's just everything in our lives is football down here, you know, and like you follow the county team, you follow your club team, we divisional teams we follow. Um yeah, just from you're a kid, you're you're given a ball, and you're down the local field, and 
Uh, we're in Limerick. I see a lot of guys walk around the street with Hurleys. Uh, we wouldn't see that much where I'm from, but in North Kerry now it's getting stronger. Kerry Hurlers are getting stronger. So they have a good following now. I go to some of their matches. Um, they have a good crowd following them now as well. Um, but yeah, look, the ladies' football side of things, I've managed to carry ladies' football and the Limerick ladies have just put in the same amount of work, the same passion. And as I say, this bunch of players really want to play for Limerick. Um, it's oozing out of them. And I think they showed that to everyone in, in Raquel two weeks ago when they came back from that 10-point uh, deficit. Um, they're really sure they really want to play for Limerick and it really matters. It really means a lot to them. Um, and as I said in an interview there lately, I'm loving it down here and I'm loving the the, um, the drive and the passion off of the girls. You get a great energy off them every night at training. Every night you leave training, you leave with a buzz and um, you feel that they get they learn that bit more every night. So as I say, yeah, I think it's flying at the moment. I think Limerick ladies, especially where I'm involved at the moment, it's is up and up and up and um, I think every year it'll get stronger. There's lovely under 14, under 16s. I watch the minors. They're lately a very good footballing team. Uh, Drew at Waterford, you know, and I think, yeah, everything is really positive. Well, hopefully that positivity can continue this week. Um, thanks a million for your, for your time there. Again, I told you 10 or 15 minutes. We've barely gone double that. But the best of luck um, this Sunday in Owen Bay at 1 o'clock. Um, a draw or a win is good enough for you, Graham. So please, God. You can get the result. And again, a huge thank you to for coming on. And I'm sure Matt echoes that sentiment. So the best look this weekend. And just, Graham. Okay. Thanks, Graham. Just before I go, let's thanks a million as well for the exposure you're giving us. Um, it's great there every week to turn on into Facebook there and see uh, a slot there between yourself and Matt Jack um, about the ladies. It's much appreciated by the management and the team. Um, and uh, thanks again. And uh, we really appreciate it. Perfect. Well, that, that'll definitely continue. And please, God, you'll continue in your winning ways. Graham, we'll talk please to you very me. soon. Yeah. Thanks very much. Cheers, Graham. Sorry, I cut him off a bit early there, Matt. But brilliant as always to get um, an insight from, you know, an inter-county manager there from Graham. Oh, yeah, but, uh, Graham is always so forthright, you know, and it, it, it's a pleasure to chat with him, you know. Yeah, and as I said, uh, the Limerick Ladies footballers are in Derry this Sunday at one o'clock in Owen Beg. Um, the way things stand... They could afford to lose and go through, depending on results elsewhere. But a draw is definitely going to be good enough for them. And the way they're playing, Matt, you'd you'd be hard to back against Limerick getting getting the draw or getting the win, I suppose, in Owen Beg this Sunday. But we'll move on into we'll continue with ladies football. But unfortunately, yesterday for for John the Baptist Community School, they just beaten by Loretto Clanmel in the Munster Ladies Senior Final. We had spoken last week with Brian Egan and Quiva McNamara ahead of the game and. Confidence was high, but you you were in Sean Tracy Park yesterday and I suppose just didn't get going and, and a strong start from Tipperary's side and, and they held on then. Yeah, very strong start by 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 Loretta Clan Jack at halftime. It it was three five to um uh to no score. Um I, I, I think really um the final score um actually distorts the, the, the performance that John the Baptist put up because with the very last kick of the first half. Um, um, Loretta got a goal, and you know, had had they just held out for that extra minute, um, it would have only have been two five. And couple of that with um, sixty third or sixty fourth minute, um, um, getting a penalty, and Loretta got a penalty, um, which was converted. At that stage, there was obviously um tired minds and tired bodies around the place. 
قدام لوريتا هذا الذي في ميدفيلد بريد ماكماه who has who has two full years now almost of playing singer with Waterford under her belt and was a um, uh, was a monster singer club medal medal winner with with Bally Macabre in in last December so um she really dictated the terms of engagement for the most part Anya Cleary got a fantastic goal after halftime it was unquestionably in my view the score of the match one for the ages and they followed it up quickly with a goal from maybe in Murphy. They got two goals in four minutes. And that sort of brought them back within it. It more than took the bear, the, the bear look off the, the scoreboard. Maybe for 10 minutes solid, Jack, they pinned, um, they pinned um, Loretta back. And they played the type of football in, in that period that, that Loretta had been playing in the first half and had been playing up till then. Um, Good running off the ball, good off, good off loads, carrying the ball, and that sort of thing. Um, but sort of Loretta regrouped again, and um, um, now John the Baptist came with a late flurry of scores. They got three points in as many minutes, um, but really, really, um, uh, they left themselves too much to do in the first half, Jay. Yeah, it's it's just a pity. After you know they were beaten in the first round, and they. It was four games um, back to back, but just a bridge too far in the final. But obviously, there's a there's a lot of players for the future in that team. A lot of players with, were seen with the the Limerick Miners squad, so it won't be the end. Oh, of yeah, well, there's seven of them playing, but there's seven of them playing with the Limerick Miners squad. We we'll say the team captain and Quiva McNamara, who was with us last week, who it certainly wasn't her fault that they were beaten because she put in a big shift and led from the front. Um, but the, this the Reed McMahon, in my opinion, you know, was was essentially the difference. Um, and um, like in, in the first half, um, John the Baptist were trying to do the right thing, but it just didn't come off the final pass. Um, did, didn't didn't come off the ball. Didn't go to hand at times when it should have been. Um, you know, it's, 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 look, it was one of those, it was one of those occasions when kind of ducks were drowning, you know, you know, um, yeah. anything that was to go wrong, went wrong, but full credit, um, full credit to John the Baptist, full credit to the spirit that they showed, they showed Jack, um, the heads never went down. And, uh, I, I think they did, they, they did their, 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 um, their coaches, Brian Egan and Quaffin Fahey, um, and their school proud. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm sure there'll be, there'll be a Sheridan on the radar of Graham Shine going forward into the senior team um, in a couple of years. Um, just before I finish with ladies football, um, two Midwest are into the Donny Cup final, which is, I think it's the second tier of ladies football in colleges. And I know Iris Kennelly and Aoife Corbett, there's probably more involved, but just I just saw there, on Twitter and Graham was saying it off air. So the best to look to them in the Donny Cup final. They won the Langen last year, so they got promoted and they're they're back in the final. But um on to men's football Matt, um and it was a sobering weekend um last Sunday against Cork in Parky Cueve. Um six eighteen to twelve points um tells its own story. Um, I was in Salt Hill, so I was only listening to the game, but the, the writing was on the, the wall early on. I think Ian McGuire got the first goal. Um, 
and they finished up with six overall and four losses for for Limerick. Um, time is really running out. They'll have Mead um this Sunday in Gaelic Crowns, and that they'll have to kickstart the survival bid there. But I suppose after pushing Cork for most of the game last year in the qualifiers, um, you were hoping the McGrath Cup final was a blip, um, a blow up performance, but Cork have have moved streaks ahead of Limerick. Um, there was hopes that Limerick would cement themselves as a second team in, in Munster this year, but it just hasn't got going in the league so far. And as I said, it was a sobering one in, in the park uh, last Sunday. As you know, Jack, um, from the outset, um, you know of this of this league that I fancied Cork as an outside chance um, yeah. to make make the final and and make promotion and. It's still possible for them, but they, they, they need a whole myriad of possible medical results at this stage. Um, <clears throat> what's really haunting Cork at the moment, of course, is the first-round defeat to Meath, um, yeah. which certainly wasn't on the script. But I, 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 I think Cork are a much, much improved side. But um, having said that, um, uh, the margin of victory, Jack, certainly has sent the alarm bells ringing. Um, Limerick are, are, are heading into a very, very difficult phase of the uh, of the current league at the moment. Now they they have three games left, and the only consolation, if there is consolation at this stage, is that it is against them, against the three teams are immediately around them at at, at this stage almost, um, Meath, Kildare, and and. Um, and Clare in the final yeah. round in Ennis. And we, we, we never seemed we never seemed to fear going to Clare, Jack. You know? No. So but meet um meet in the Gaelic Grounds is is like the prize for meat is huge, Jack. Um because um they can they can put um any fears of relegation almost to bed if they get a third um, if they get a third win on on, on um on Sunday. And of course, you know we're we're talking about Limerick, and you know one of the games that Limerick would have targeted to win was the game against Louth. Now they 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 came very 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 close, but you don't unfortunately get league points for coming close. Oh. And um, we are where we are. We're in a very very difficult situation. The permutation is quite simple in my view, Jack. Lose on Sunday. And your head, neck, and heels in a relegation battle that will be very, very hard to win. Yeah, I, I think uh, the way the league is planned now, I think you do need to get points this weekend. Obviously, you have Clare and Kildare to come as well, and they're only they're only in a pair of points, and and they've played already, so they won't drop more points against each other. So that's the the thing with Limerick; they can if they lose this weekend, they can get to four. Um. They'll have the head-to-head over over Clare and Kildare if they were to lose their games. But the points difference is definitely a major worry after after that heavy defeat to, to Cork, 24 points, you know. But oh, Meade have been, have been hot and cold, you know. They obviously beat Cork in the first round, but um, they, they haven't really... They, they obviously won... Um, won their second round game as well. I can't remember who it was against, but losing to Loud. Uh, Claire, Jack, they beat Claire in the second round. Like they, they started off like they started off like an express train, but I um they they they, they won in Cork, you know, and it, it 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 was 
Yeah, if you reflect back on their win against Cork, like it was a day in which the Cork defence opened like the Red Sea and left them in for goals. And mm. um, uh, and that, that was the difference in the end because in terms of scoring, I think Cork had more scores than them. But um, it's goals wins matches. It's an old cliche and it's 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 true. They struggled in to beat Meath in Navin in the second round. But they travelled to they travelled to Derry in round three and really got really, really overturned, seriously overturned. And then of course they had the home defeat to to, to um uh, to oh. Lout the last time out, which you know that sends um, alarm bells ringing, I think, in in, in the Royal County. So, yeah, and like, they're they're following a similar trajectory to Limerick, the Cork game aside that you know, beaten heavily by um, Derry uh, and losing as well to Loud, you know, two or three points. So mm-hmm. they are, they're going in a similar path. It wouldn't be beyond the realm's possibility for Limerick to get an upset win here, but definitely is that like at the end of the day, Mead are on four points, you know, and Limerick are on zero. So that, that's, is, that's the point I'm making, Jack, that the prize for Meath is, you know, to go to six safety pra- practically, almost definitely safety. You know, so um, look, looking at it, three games, three winnable games. Win your three games, you'll have Division Two football next year. That that's simplistic, simplistic way of putting it. Can Limerick recapture the resilience that they have shown in previous years when their backs were to the wall? And I'll repeat it again: Markovich Park in Sligo. Um, in 2019, was it Jack or 2020? Ockram in 2021, when they dug out results against the odds, Port Leash last year. Um, you know, when, with their backs to the wall, they have responded. But this call calls for a huge response, and it's not just a once off response, it's a three off almost. You have yeah, to deliver it in three games. A response and, as uh, well. It's going. The, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. A response as well from the public, Matt, to to get out and support, you know, this team that has has brought us on a a brilliant journey over the last three or four years. That they need support from the stands because you know when things aren't going well, you know that's when you need the crowd to get behind you. And they are at home. You know, it's only their second game at home. You know. Dublin was was a bit of a novelty, you know, to be fair. It, that was a, a hit and hope, really, against a team that have won eight All-Irelands in the last 12 years. But this is a real chance. It'd be brilliant to see a big crowd at the two scale grounds. We see the buzz that they give the hurlers, so hopefully that can happen for the footballers. It's definitely a winnable game. It's it's going to be a difficult game. Mead are the favourites, and for a reason. But it's a winnable game. Um, I think, to be fair... It's only the second time this this year in the league that you go into a game with real confidence that you could come away. Obviously, Derry and Dublin were a bridge too far. And as we said, Cork are an improved team this year. So, please God, um, the Limerick footballers. Yeah, can... and I, I, I would appeal to the public to turn out in force. The hurlers are, are, are not playing, so there's no counter-attraction. The ladies' footballers are playing in so far away in the most northerly outpost in Derry. Um, I, I would appeal to the public to to come out and support and and support the team. Now, um, Ray Dimsey has changed the team a bit around a bit, um, but um, I, I I just sometimes wonder are some of the changes working. Um, but um, 
new manager coming in, trying to put his own stamp on the squad. He sees them in training every week. He he knows what they're about. Um, but certainly, we we need to see something, Jack, that we haven't seen already this year. Now, all right, you can reflect back and then the McGrath Cup and easy win over Waterford and the win against Tipperary and all that sort of thing. But um, I, I, I thought, uh, Jack, looking at the McGrath Cup and all right, it can be easily dismissed as 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 being um, just preseason. But I I got the feeling um, in the McGrath Cup final that I saw signs of of of, of um, Cork very much on an upward trajectory. Um, I saw Limerick, um, particularly with first games against Derry and Dublin. Um, which you would be expecting very, very little from, that they would be immediately into a struggle. And unfortunately, that's the way it has turned out to be. Yeah, it, it has been a struggle. Um, and there, there has been experimentation and, and some of it has worked and some of it hasn't worked. But you have to try these things, you know, against these these quality sides. And, you know, it, it might just it might just click this weekend and that will be the hope. And as you said, we need we need to get a good support in the Gaelic crowns to, to support these lads that you know have soldiers then, last if, years. If there's any if there's any if there's any nugget of consolation, Jack, um, and this is your history lesson, Jack, okay. for today. Um, I think Limerick and Clare and Lim, Limerick and Meath have only met once in, in in the league previously, and that was in two thousand and four, when they played out a draw in the Gaelic grounds. But they met subsequently in the Gaelic grounds in the first round of the All Ireland qualifiers in 2008. Eight. What was that? And the, the, the scoreline was Limerick 4 12, Meath 4 3. On, on a night in which Ian Ryan outscored Meath because he got three goals and seven points. Now they, they avenged it the following year in Port Leash in round four of the qualifiers when they beat Limerick 113 to 2 9. But like our record in the Gaelic grounds, even though it has gone into the bowels of history at this stage, um, is decent. You count for nothing on, on, on Sunday, Jack. Um, uh, what will only count on Sunday is what happens between the white lines after the ball is thrown in. Um, it's a very, very difficult task for Limerick. Um, I'm hopeful, but not confident. Yeah, just on that game in 08, I was actually there. I was with my mother. I'd say it was the only game we ever went to together. And I was actually in Port Leash the following year as well. It was my brother who took me up that day. Um, so it was mixed. Emo- I remember Ian Ryan vividly scoring 3-7. I'd say he could have been still in school in a skeeting at the time. He was definitely 19. Um, but they were they were good days. And hopefully someone can channel their inner Ian Ryan um, this Sunday in Gaelic Crowns and bag a few goals. Because goals is what Limerick would probably need. To get a result in the Gaelic rounds, but this Sunday, two o'clock Gaelic rounds. Hopefully, Limerick can uh, can kickstart their their survival effort. Um, like you see, Jack, the the thing about it is, um, we, we, we've seen cameos of good performances, like the opening day against against Derry for fifty minutes. Limerick almost matched them, you know, and yeah. then we saw that second half, that second half <coughs> performance against Dublin. And, you know, we, we saw, I suppose, a typical Limerick performance 
dig in 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 our day. Um, are we reading too much into what happened in Parky Creeve last week? You know, Probably something similar happened in the, in, in the Munster semi-final in 2019. And um, it wasn't the end of the world. We, we, we saw where we've gone since. So, <coughs> but yeah. having said that, you, you cannot discount it either. No, I, but neither of us were there. So you don't know how good Cork were or how bad Limerick were mm. or how much of a mixture either was. So we'll we'll see now um, this Sunday. Um, in the Gaelic rounds, in the flesh, there was a lot of positives to take from from the Dublin game. So if they can if they can take them into this weekend, there's no reason why they can't beat Mead. And you know, hopefully that that's how it will pan out um, this Sunday. Jack, the, 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 the bottom, the top and bottom line is the same here. There's three games left. There are three winnable games. Yeah, and, but they probably they probably have to win. Is the only thing that's. I'll, I'll, That's your caveat, but at least they know they know exactly what they have to do, win their three games, and they'll be playing Division Two again next year, and they'll have a year's experience under their yeah. belt because it's difficult to go into a, an environment like that, you know, and expect to stay up. But we we'll keep on. There's I probably there's, there's probably fellas now and people and men and women there screaming at the podcast saying, "Is he off his head?" You know, but um, like while there's life, there's hope, Jack. Yeah, and we're. We're eternal optimists here in this podcast, especially when it comes to, to Limerick football. But I suppose we'll we'll keep on the team uh, of defeats for the time being, just while we're on it. And it was another loss for the Camogie at the weekend, Matt, um, losing 2-17 to 1-11 against Antrim. Um, disappointing result, still without a couple of key players. I know Soph Callan came back, so that's a positive. Quiv Coslo. There's hopes that she'll be there this weekend, but they're they're facing into a Watford side that showed how good they are last year in the championship. Showed Limerick exactly how good they they are. Um, below and Turles with a comprehensive win in the All Ireland quarter final. Um, and like the footballers, you're just looking for some sort of spark to ignite the Camogie team. But very difficult to see that happening this weekend against Waterford. Yeah, it's a very very difficult um, trip for John Lewis and the girls. Um. Um, they travelled to Wexford in the first round, and from the outset, Jack of 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 this competition, um, the the, the current league, um, looking looking at the Division One B in which Limerick are in, you you would have said that um, the two strong teams were likely to be Waterford and Wexford. Um, now um, Limerick went to Wexford and put up a very very creditable performance. Um. But Antrim appear to have come out of the woodwork now, and um, they're certainly in the mix for promotion. But um, very, very disappointing performance. Um, and um, I was talking to somebody that was there on my behalf, you know, um, on on um, on Saturday last in in, in McNeville Park, and um, you you just wonder, Jack. Um, they're going to Waterford. Waterford is going to be a much, much bigger test. And um, Waterford reached the All-Ireland semi-final, as you just said there. Um, was it the first time in 53 years last year? So yeah. the, the trajectory in waterford Camogie is upward. You know, they, and, um, uh, they, they seem to be determined. And, and, and where waterford Camogie is at at the moment, um, they deserve to be in 1A. 
So yeah. um, they're certainly um, they're certainly going the right way about it. Um, I think that John Lewis and his selectors they, they will be looking for a performance. Um, they, 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 they will be looking for a performance now. Sophia Callahan will be back from the start. Um, the hope is that Quiva Costello will be back as well. Um, that's 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 uh, you know that that's going to be a major boost. Of course, Rebecca Delee is going to be out for the entire league campaign, and you know we know how she performed in the quarterfinal last year, and that gives you a sense of the the loss she is. And um, uh, it's going to be a difficult afternoon. There's there's no doubt about it. But well, journalists get an encouraging performance, which we hope they will. There are two vital games left. And Jack, call a spade a spade. Um, lose to Waterford. And you're into a relegation battle. Yeah. You're into a relegation battle. There, there's no sugarcoating of that. And and um, um, it, it will entail a trip to down um, in the penultimate round and a home game in the final round against Offaly. You know, and it could conceivably come down to Limerick and Offaly again, you know, in what would be a de facto uh, relegation battle. Yeah, but John Lillis will be looking, he will be looking for improvement, first of all, mainly. He'll be looking for performance um, against, without question, the standout, the marquee team in the, in the, in the group. And he hoped, hoped that that will carry over and take him into the games against Down and against uh, and 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 against Offaly. Crucial games um, for the future of Limerick Camogie because were you to slip down to two A, Jack, you know you'd effectively be in the top tier. Yeah, and it wouldn't set you at all for a senior championship if you're going to be in the third grade playing teams of of a lesser level. But this weekend alone is going to be very difficult. So as you said. Performance will be will be the key for Limerick. Obviously, the result is what you want, but against a team like Watford that are on a really high trajectory, it, it's a, it's about putting in a performance. So the best of luck to John Lillis on his side this Saturday, two o'clock in De La Salle against Watford. Um, one more defeat that we have to look at, Matt, before we no. finally. Get like, no, the... just just before you go off Camogie there, um. The the um the juniors are going to Father McNamara Park in um, in Division Three B in the second round. Now they played um last weekend in Capamore against um against um Antrim and Antrim, and there were four points up at halftime. And unfortunately for David Didi's side, they failed to score in the second half, and they were beaten by ten points to one five. So if they are to harbour hopes of progressing. Um, are looking for promotion, are getting to the knockout stages of that group. Like they, 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 they need to win in Father McNamara Park against Clare on Saturday. Yeah, the best of luck to to both Camogie sides um, this weekend. But as I said, we've we've another we've one more loss that we we have to look at, Matt. And that was last Saturday in Kalidi as Brough came up just short. Um, against Sarsfields, uh, one nine to nine in Kalidi in the All Ireland Junior B final, you were at it, Matt. Um, yeah, I suppose the game, the game swung in the first half on one incident. I think was the the overriding. Um, I suppose what I got from the game from people that were there was that it, it turned on a, on a certain red card, 
Um, and Brough still still could have won the game. That it was a disappointing one, a tough one to take. Very very tough one to take, Jack. Um, as as you know, I've been with him during all that games there, and um, I'm 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 bitterly bitter bitterly disappointed for him. You know because um, certainly the type of campaign that they that they that they that they put in and the type of preparation and a couple of weeks ago with Roger Mulqueen on here. And we got a sense of the level of preparation that was going into this and the level of passion and enthusiasm that was behind the team. Um, and it, 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 it all hinged on the red card immediately before halftime, Jack. You're right. And um, Bruff Bro took in an eight points to five lead at halftime. And um, Oshin Mulqueen struck a beautiful point after halftime. Um, and um, they, they actually went four points clear. And, um, you, you know, and then, then in a 90 second spell, in the 35, 5th, <coughs> and 36 minute, uh, um, Sarsfield's got a scrambled goal, a scrambled goal, like inside the goal mode scramble. And Carol Wade, who was subsequently named the player of the, of the, um, uh, the competition, he, he equalized. And you said to yourself, off now numerically challenged um, they've been hit with a thunderbolt they've gone from four points up to level terms that that, that um, Sarsfields are going to dig in and not a bit of a jack and, and the reason why was Brough absolutely dug deep absolutely I, I couldn't talk enough about uh, the, the, the Brough defence Tony Burke at centre half back the the Mulqueens, Niall Brosnan, all Jack, they just dug in, put their bodies on the line. And by the 58th minute, Jack, which is 23 minutes later, Ruff had failed to score, but Sarsfields had only got two points. And at that stage, Ross O'Brien may had joined the game. And Jack, he had a bullet of a shot in the 58th minute from a very tight angle. It was a brilliant save by Oshin Cooney. I, I'm, I'm sure it played a big part in Oshin Cooney um, being named the player of the match. It, it was a match-saving save now. Um, I, I just, it, it was one of those shots that goalkeepers absolutely hate. It was going straight for, for, um, uh, for his corner, straight across him. Very, very difficult to take. Great shot by Russell Brian May. Had that gone in, Jack, 14-man Brough would have been a point ahead. Yeah. And, you know, we could have had a different result. And and um, uh, Sarsfield subsequently got a point which which <coughs> more or less sealed the deal. But it's been a wonderful odyssey um, for Brough. Absolutely a wonderful campaign, Jack. But it's tempered. You know, it's tempered and it's smeared by the manner in which it in, in which it ended. I, I think it was most disappointing. Um, the sending off before halftime was to a second yellow card. Um, I thought the first yellow card was harsh, and it 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 it, it, it brings into focus this whole thing about the first yellow card, Jack. The first yellow card, you know, um. It, once a guy is on a yellow card, if he, if he commits a yellow card offence the second time, referee has no latitude. But it's that first yellow card, and I've seen it over the years, and you've probably seen it as well. 
that yeah. I thought it I, I thought I thought it was a bit harsh. And and um I I haven't the slightest doubt, Jack, but um um a full broth team I think would have would have won would have won the All Island. We'd we 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 would have a, we'd have a different narrative altogether here this morning. But Jack, having said that, <coughs> full credit to Roger McQueen, his backroom team, um Morris Hare, John Mulqueen, his brother Billy Irwin, Brian Finn, they, they, they did a fantastic job, Jack. A fantastic job. Now they can look forward to going forward to Junior A hurling next year, but um, we, 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 we wonder, I, I'm sure that the intermediate selectors will be looking at some of them and um, uh, the, the, some of them would, would certainly, in my view, be, be of the standard to step up to intermediate hurling, but that's that's an issue for both, and it's an issue for another day. But look, have these congratulations to Brough on a wonderful, wonderful um All Ireland series. Yeah, you know, it's it's gonna be difficult for the, the first couple of weeks, but uh, to get there <laughs> is a huge achievement in itself. You'll think of how close you got to actually win All Ireland, but for Brough it'll be it'll be just a case of trying to continue because they're certainly going in the right vein. Obviously the seventeens getting the county final, the 19s winning a county, the Premier Intermediate team getting to the Limerick final and losing to the eventual All-Ireland champions. You know, both rough senior teams um, were beaten by the eventual All-Ireland winners, you know, so you have to take solace in that. And as you said, they'll some of them will, will move on to the Intermediate team and who's to say this won't backbone um, a team getting back into senior because it's not so long since Brough were a senior team so look commiserations to Roger McQueen and yeah look I, I, overall from uh, apart from the junior B's and uh, as 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 you've rightly outlined it there Jack um, 2022 has been a fantastic year for both and um, uh, they've stayed they have they've taken strides not strides Jack but joint strides in 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 in, in the right direction and um, they would appear now to have a pool of players, a very, very, very strong pool of players to draw from. And um, we will be hearing an awful lot more about them, and certainly in 2023, Jack. They, 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 they will have a say in a lot of things in 2023, Jack. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose just one, one more defeat for us to go through, Matt. And obviously the last night, the UL freshers were beaten fairly comprehensively by uh, NUIG in that freshers final. They were looking to go back-to-back All-Ireland and league titles like team last year. Just came up a bit short. There was a good few Limerick representatives in the team. Conor Henley-Clark was in goals. You had Evan O'Leary um, at corner back. You also had Joe Fitzgerald who won All-Ireland with Moynihan <coughs> midfield. Um, you had the likes of Liam Dennehy from Glenroo started. Um, Sean O'Neill was on the squad. There was a few more. Gavin Rossum, um, Patsy Coffey was involved in the backroom team. Um, just wasn't their night, 126 to 12 point um, losers against Galway. Um, this is by the way to end the season, but good to see uh, a good few Limerick representatives on the team. They'll be hoping to follow the likes of Adam English and Colin Coughlin, who went from the freshers straight into the Fitzgibbon and won a Fitzgibbon and just a hurl in Limerick in UL is flying at the moment, so a shout out to them. But we'll move into the senior hurling, Matt. And yeah, Jack, but just 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 another caveat to that. Um, they were beaten by UL um, and uh, sorry, they were beaten by University of Galway, wasn't it? Yeah, NYG, yeah, or University of Galway, whatever. Yeah, 
all these all these colleges are changing names now that they 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 even confuse Einstein at this stage. Yeah. But um, uh, you, you must remember that I, I I would imagine now I haven't seen their lineup, but I would imagine that that Galway team was backbone by two All Ireland winning Galway minor teams. Well, I know Kevin Lee was the captain. If he's one of them, he's one. But there you go, there you go. That's. Um, that group of players who have been excellent and and we 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 have seen at senior level. Um, I saw ATU against um, against UCC in the Fitzgibbon Cup. They were they were exclusively Galway. I think University of Galway were about one or two were exclusively Galway as well. So um, you, you what what you're seeing is you're seeing that group of minor team uh, that those 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 minor teams. Now is the time that they are coming into first year in college, some of them. So yeah. um, uh, th th that might give an explanation. Yeah, well, look, it's again, it's good. It's good to get to final. You obviously want to win it, but it, it shows you're going um, in the right track. But nearly an hour in, Matt, and we're only getting on to the, to the Limerick Jack, we're not, we're not We're not used to talking about defeats. No, then I, that's why I left. Unless I left the win to the end because I wanted. To yeah, so on, we're, on we're, we're, we're going to finish on a high note, Jack. Yeah, twenty-four points uh, to nineteen. Um, it finished in Salt Hill um, last Sunday between Limerick and Galway. I was I was at it, and I must say the atmosphere was it was a strange atmosphere. There was twelve thousand there. There was a nice crowd there. It was a lovely day. It was lovely and dry. You had some of the best hurlers in Ireland on the field, but just never really got going. Now, maybe it's a case, like Clare the previous week, Limerick just totally overawed their opponents in the first half. It was 14-7 at half time. You could tell from the start there was a couple of players in that kind of mood for, for Limerick. Kyle Hayes threw over three from wing back. Um, Tom Morris, he had five from play. was man of the match. Um, Shane O'Brien, Peter Casey got a couple each. Keen Lynch. Got three from play that Limerick was firing all cylinders and Galway couldn't really live with them. Um, but Limerick let Galway back into the game, they let Clare back into the game. The previous no, the, that game was over, the one against Clare was definitely over. But it's definitely something Limerick can work on. Now, it's probably a good thing that they have something to work on this early in the year, but it's it's a strange trend from you know this team that are so used to winning. It is a strange thing, and I was reflecting on it um, um, before coming on, Jack. And and um, they left Cork into it in the second half, having been eight points up. Yeah, and ha having been it. outstanding in the first half, uh, as you rightly said, they 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 they, they left Clare back into it, and now they've left Galway into it. But of course, uh, the one happening thing about it, apart from the Cork game, and uh, you, you know, um, they they had regrouped against Cork, were it not for that. That point by Shane Kingston at the very end, um, uh, they, they they regrouped and closed out the game when 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 they were under a bit of pressure. Maybe Jack it might be the worst thing that have happened against Clare and 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 um, and Galway that they got it that they got something of a test. Yeah, because were they to continue and win the game by what twelve or fourteen points each, you know you wouldn't earn as much from it as. If you were tested, and um, certainly they were tested um, in, in that spell when Waterford or um, Galway hit six points in a row, and um, it will give John Kiley and his management team absolutely food for thought. And um, you know, 
in, in many ways, in a quirky way, Jack, they, 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 might, they might welcome it. But when Limerick were in full flow, Jack, there's, there's only one there's only one word and it's awesome they, they, yeah like you know you, you you reference Kyle Hayes there Jack you know fantastic performance in the first half Keane Lynch like you know wonderful <laughs> to see Keane Lynch back for the last two two games a park game against Cork and against Clare but the real Keane Lynch was in Galway like he, yeah. he's, he's getting there back to his very very best you, you know um, but what about Tom Morrissey, Jack? We, yeah. we, we, we've spoken, if you go back in this test a number of times, about the capabilities of Tom Morrissey. Absolutely fantastic. Five points from play, took over the free-taking duties, um, and I think apart from one was unerring, you know? Um, yeah. And it probably wasn't in the script that he would be, just like the previous week, it wasn't in the script that Michal Houlihan would be taking the freeze. So, <coughs> yeah, Jack. It, it, overall, not notwithstanding that late blip, with, uh, as we'd call it, um, it, it, it overall it was a day and uh, a performance laced with positivity. Yeah, and, the, the, the was uh, again, positive. it shows Jack that Limerick, in terms of the league, are much further down the road in terms of their preparation than they were this time twelve months. Definitely. Um, and you mentioned a couple of and lads there. Limerick have put themselves, Jack, in a very, very strong position of making yeah. the league semi-finals. Now, they, they, they go to Westmeath on Sunday week, and it's a game that you would be expecting them to win before. They'll host um, Wexford in a doubleheader at the Gaelic grounds the week after when, when Kildare footballers would also be in the Gaelic grounds. So, I think they're in a very strong position. I, I, I was just looking at the league, Jack. You know, there, there, there was a narrative going around um, after two rounds that the semi-finalists from the group would be Cork and Cork and. I, I don't think that's as clear cut now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> because, down, to, it's down to the Clare game, really. Because I put, I, I put it to you this way now. Clare have two home games, and we know the Calder and the Hinnesses. And they're home to Galway and home to Clare and home to Cork. Were they to win those two games, Clare are virtually certain to be in the semi-final because of the huge scores that they ran up against Westmeath and against Wexford last week. Now, if Limerick win their two games, they'll be on eight points. And if Cork beat Wexford, they'll be on eight points. Now, Cork may behind may be behind the eight ball here because of the fact, and again, no disrespect to Westmead, that they only beat Westmead by six points. Yeah, and, and it's come, it come um, down to that clear game. Like, you know, we have this talk about the league running into the championship. In in, in terms of that, it, it, it would probably be more suitable for Cork um, to get to the league final than anybody else. For the simple reason that they have a buy in the first round of the Munster Championship, which gives them that extra week. Yeah. So it is that, that is there's important. going to be a very, very interesting finale to that. But uh, the thing about it is, Jack, Limerick are right in the mix. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um do you, do you think Limerick want to be in the mix? 
Do you think that was the goal at the start of the year to, to be in the mix for a, a league semi-final place? Because in 2020, they won every game. They, they played. They won league, yeah. championship, the Munster and All-Ireland. 2021, they kind of stuttered through the league, finished with five points, five out of ten, you know, halfway. And last year, they couldn't buy a win till they came to Offaly and still won the All-Ireland in all those years. So, do you think them, before the, a ball yeah, was thrown in, do you think John Kiley had targeted the league or... How do you think they went about it? Because looking at it, listening, they are going to qualify. Listening to the Morrissey brothers, Dan and Tom, immediately after the match on the RTE interview, Jack, they were absolutely adamant that Limerick won't win every game. Yeah. But do you think that is the... the from, from Kylie and Canark's point of view, obviously they want players to play well and they want to give lads a chance, but do you think they'd be happy to be in a league final two weeks before Watford in the Championship? They'd be happy to be in a league final. But uh, I'm not so sure that they'd be happy that it's only two weeks before the championship. Yeah, I suppose it's catching too. But as we said, Limerick are probably in a position to play... I don't think Limerick have an understrength team, if you get me. I don't think they have players to go out and be understrength. But you know what I mean, that they could probably play um, fringe players in a league final and know that they could still possibly and, and probably win that game. But, um, I, I I I think we'll get a sense of we'll get a sense of that now with the team selection for the game with Westmead, Jack. Yeah, Westmead is going to be a strange one because look, you'll be you'll be expecting you'll be expecting to to come out of that one. Definitely expecting to come out of that with a win. But before we before we finish up here um, on on Limerick, do you just mention it there? Munster is Munster is a bear pit. Like you have five teams that will all be you know gunning for a place in the. In the All-Iron series, I think Watford haven't got out of the round robin, if I'm right, in the three years it's been there. Limerick are out every year, so have Cork um, and Clare and twice and tip the other time. So Watford the only team. But if you were to call it, who would you say right now is going to come out of Munster, the three teams in two months' time? Ah, uh, Jack, do you have you any easier <laughs> question at this hour of the day? <laughs> Are you looking for a, who's what's your favorite wolf tone song? Do you realize I've been talking for the last hour? Yeah, I'll leave you with this one now. This could be your final question, but honestly, I'll, I'll I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. I think Limerick will reach a monster final. Um, I think Cork will be a top three, and I'd probably I'd go between Tip and Waterford, and slightly side Waterford to end that way. Now, call me mad if you want to leave out Claire. Who got to an All Ireland finals semi final last year, and Tip who won all their leagues, league games this year. But for me, it's at the moment Limerick, Cork, Waterford is how I call it. Tip are going very much in the right direction, Jack. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know and so are Waterford last year. And I, I would have tipped on it. Limerick, Tip, and Cork. Yeah, I, I think I think Limerick and Cork, they've done it before. They know how to do it. You know, three out of three. <coughs> Says a lot. Um, I think Limerick are the undoubted favourites to get out of there. I think it's Cork, and then take your pick. But neither of us have gone for Clare, and I. Would we yeah, and I, I, find, I find it. I find it very hard to exclude Clare, Jack. Um, because on that day, it, it, Jack, um, we possibly, if you ask me that question in about six weeks' time, which would be the right time, by the way, for it not prematurely asking me at this stage 
in the aftermath of the league, we might be able to give a more informed answer. Yeah, but you would have thought last year after Waterford won the league that they would be guarantees to finish in the top Jack, three. I was adamant for anyone that to, that listened to me that Waterford wouldn't come out of Munster last year. Okay, so about the, after six, winning the league, about sixty episodes ago, so it just it was just over a year ago, around episode one hundred and sixty-two. For anyone that has the time to go in and fact check that that Matt called that Waterford wouldn't get out of Munster after winning, but it's it's not like it's it's brilliant for fans to be watching Munster Championship because you have no idea how it's going to go, but it must be a nightmare. Actually, for actually Jack. Um... Uh, somebody that I met on the street and asked me the very same question, and um, I, 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 I said the water wasn't going to come out. You know, it almost attacked me that it, <laughs> that I was mad. I hope you attacked him then when you when well, you he, ran into him again. He was shot to call in the guards that I'd lost it. <laughs> well, that's what you would have thought, but that's what Munster does to these teams. But it look, it's just a, it's just a side point. At the moment, Limerick are going well. Um, you'd imagine they'll be they'll be in a league semi-final at the least the way they're playing but we all know for Limerick it's all about championship it, it's all about the All-Ireland at the end of the day but it, it's good to see them to see them going well Um, they've already doubled their tally from last year in terms of wins with two games to spare so they're going definitely in the right direction Um, but before we finish up Matt um and another death note is, I suppose, uh, the late Dermot Kelly from Clahan passed away and was buried during the week. Um, you know, you were telling me off air about his involvement in the 1955 final, um, scoring an incredible tally for Limerick. But you will take up the mental there, obviously. Condolences to, to his family and, and friends, but um, a great player in the pitch for Limerick, absolutely, Jack. Um you know, condolences to the Kelly family. And I suppose it's a bit ironic that um, we're having a similar discussion in two out of the last three podcasts because he was only predeceased uh, by two weeks by um, another member of that 1955 team, the late father Seamus Ryan from Capamore. Um, uh, but, 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 you know, Demer Kelly lit- literally set the hurling world alight in 1955. And as uh, just, just, just to reiterate the background of of of, of the Munster final of that year, um, Clare went into that Munster final um, absolutely unbackable favourites. They had beaten Cork the All Ireland champions in 1954. Clare had it was caused straight knockout in those days. Clare had beaten them by a point in 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 in, in the quarter final, and you know they backed it up by beating Tipperary in in in. Um, in the semi-final, Limerick had a goal to spare over Waterford in their semi-final. So, came into the final like this total underdogs. And I suppose Clare had a certain level of confidence that they played the final, I think, in the Gaelic grounds. Yeah. But it, it was a day anyway in which um, Mackey's Greyhounds, as they have been famously dubbed, you know, um, really upset the odds. When in one, of, one of the great shocks of the time, um, when they won the game by 216 to to six points. Dermot Kelly Jack scored 112. 112 of 216 in a 60 minute game. It was just simply absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. And um he, he he later went on to Captain Munster um 
Unfortunately, they were beaten in a railway cup final in, in, in 1956 by Leinster, but I think he, he won a couple of um, uh, railway cup medals subsequently. It, it was a very fallow time for Limerick Hurling. Um, what wasn't going very well in, in, in those years, right up to, um, I always told you the story about 1960, the first game that I ever saw, um, and I won't repeat the score again, and I won't go down there, but um, it, that, that, that was time Limerick Hurling was at a very, very low end post 55, but Dermot Kelly was a larger than life um, uh, character, an excellent golfer in, in later life, uh, former captain of Le Hinch and, and um, in his um, golf clubs, but um, he was a bank manager by profession, and um, who had um, who, who loved West Clare and had a propensity to sing a song and write a song. So he 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 became known as the the, the, the singing bank manager, and um, he he wrote a number of songs of, of of which were very very popular at the time. Joseph McHugh's pub, Limerick, my home, the Cliffs of Moher. And all that sort of thing, singing songs about uh, about local people and and and, and local places. Um, as I said, a larger than life character, and um, he, he he was he passed away late last week, and he was laid to rest on Monday in in Kilmory Cemetery. And to his family, we extend our deepest sympathy. Yeah, deepest sympathy and condolences to the family of Dermot Kelly, a, a true Limerick Gale. Um, an hour and thirteen on the clock there, Matt. Uh, I think that's I think that's a podcast um, for another week. I suppose if you listen back, it's probably pretty dreary from the time we finish with Graham to the time we get back there. There's a lot of defeat, but there's ups and downs in sport. We've been blessed. It's, not our, it's not our fault, Jack. We're only we're only reporting or we're only talking about what unfortunately we we saw because um, I I I. Um, it, it last weekend, Jack was a, a sporting weekend f- from hell for me. Because yeah. Everton lost to Aston Villa. What's new there? Rough rugby lost to in Ballina, and we had all the Limerick losses as well. So um, I was I was damn glad that 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 that, that the weekend was over and that it, it it ended on a very high note. I I would have to say with Limerick's performance in Galway, it it it, it overshadowed the rest, Jack. Yeah, look, there's going to be peaks and drops, and we've been blessed between hurling, football, camogie, and lady football over the last three or four years. It's been it's been wins far more often than not, but these weekends happen. But look, a credit to all the players that go out there and do the job for their county and where the green and Jack, uh, right. Treaty lost as well. Yeah, um, Liverpool drew. <laughs> Liverpool drew as well, so I was disappointed with that. But hopefully. They won last night, Liverpool. So maybe that's a, a sign of things to come. That uh, the, the sport in Limerick can like, turn um, its way around. As an Everton fan, I'd take winning the toss at this stage. <laughs> yeah, look, Liverpool are in the battle for top four. So they won last night against Wolves 2-0. They're back in the top six. So I'd compromise that if Liverpool got top four, I wouldn't mind seeing Everton not get relegated. But uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't look it doesn't look uh, good for the other side of Merseyside, the blue side at the moment. But for this weekend, it's certainly focused on Camogie on Saturday um, and ladies football on Sunday at one and then the men's football at two. Hopefully next week, Matt, it'll be all wins to look back on. Um, uh, so, look, we'll leave you at that. A huge thank you, first of all, to Graham Shine. He was very generous with his time at the start of the podcast. He gave us a good 20 minutes. So best luck to Graham and his side as they hope to 
secure their league semi-final berth in Owen Bay on Sunday. A huge thank you to everyone that tunes in to listen. Make sure to subscribe on uh, YouTube, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, um, like us on Spotify. Uh, you look like you want to say something there before we finish. I was just, 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 um, uh, just something that I, I would like to mention, Jack, um, is that um, as you know, the, the the Limerick referees have launched a recruitment drive yeah. over over the last over the last week or so, and like that, there's a dire shortage of referees in the county. Now we have a very hard core of excellent referees in the county. And they're they're recruiting for new men to take up the whistle. I know we'll be talking about it in this podcast, maybe next week or the week after. But I would appeal to people out there that are are so inclined, um, you know, to, to take up um, to to take up refereeing because, um, you know, it 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 can be a very very fulfilling job, and like referees can can achieve an awful lot. We've seen what Limerick refer- referees have achieved this year alone. Yeah. Yeah. In in terms of finals, refereeing the two colleges, um, senior finals, Emma Stapleton, Jonathan Hayes, Johnny Murphy refereeing the All Ireland Club finals, um, you know, huge games. Um, Eamon, Eamon Stapleton also refereeing the Munster Senior Hurling League final, um, Timmy Burke making his um, debut uh, in, in 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 refereeing an inter county senior game. Um, we'll be talking about it in greater depth, as 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 you know, in in the next week or two. But in the meantime, I would appeal to people to give serious consideration to the recruitment drive that's on for referees at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Make if you want to do it, make it your business to to find the relevant people and get out there and help the cause. Because as you said, we have a great cohort of referees in the county, and there'd be no played, no game played without the referees. So we would appeal to you. To, that if you want to if you want to be in the man in the middle uh there's definitely a place for you in limerick ga but we'll leave it at that um a huge thank you again to you matt and to everyone listen over and out for another week and we'll be back again next week talk all about limerick ga impression again we get all of what you put into it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it's in that shape. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time?